Welcome to this very special finale episode of Demel Belgy Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who, after two gin and tonics, two beers, and a glass of wine, is very much ready to talk about this episode, Logan Saunders. Good early morning. Yeah, good whatever time it is. And I'm going to start with the same question I always start with. Where in the world is Logan Saunders? Um, if I had to venture a guess, about two feet away from you. Right here is the answer, because, as you may have seen on all of the social media, we went to the finale. And it was awesome. And it's like the best thing that we've ever done. (laughs) And we're very, well, I'm very tired. It's like three minutes to two in the morning right now. And we've only just started recording, which is going to be great fun because Logan's going to get back to his hostel about four, four, yeah, four-ish. I still, it's an hour walk from here. What could go wrong? And we have obviously loads and loads of stories to tell. Let's let's just start with the biggest news, the fact that we're going to be in the Belgian newspapers tomorrow. Yep, one of the people who was in the press room for the finale, he interviewed us, and there's going to be an article about us in the second biggest newspaper in all of Belgium. Yep, and by the time that you guys hear this, you'll actually, you know, know about it, because it'll already have come out. Yeah, they don't mess around in Belgium. There's no delay in articles. No, not like this, where we're delaying it by three days, so I can actually edit it. And we've seen the episode twice, which is great fun, because we've actually had some, you know, chance to make notes. We, spoilers for the podcast that came out on Monday, interviewed the final three. We talked to Gilles, although we didn't record that, because, you know, spoilers. Um, What else did we do? We've mingled with about 25 different former mole contestants and moles, and potentially got an invite to Café de Mole next year. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, we'll get there. So anyway, previously, 10 Flemish people were taken to Vietnam to play the world's greatest game. They were shocked on day one by the reveal that the mole hadn't been picked yet. Along the way, there were paint bombs, tunnels, Reagan pipes, and much more. But seven people, Lisbeth, Ingrid, Martijn, Ava, Bruno, Kat, and Yuri, were all sent home, leaving their final three of Axel, Bass, and Elizabeth. Are you sure that's the correct elimination order? I think it is. (laughs) Would you like to verify at two o'clock in the morning? I was going to say I wrote that bit of this podcast at a reasonable time on Saturday, so I think it's right. I'm pretty sure it's right. I have had almost this entire bag of gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah, I have a big bag. And all of the alcohol that I listed in the intro. That's what helped us mingle. We wouldn't have mingled if not for all that alcohol. And about three Cokes as well, and all of the sandwiches in the press room. No exceptions. Free, Free buffet. Do you know how poor of a traveler I am? Michael's heard my stories today. I am on a very, very, very low budget now. You can tell that Logan has been traveling for five months now in the fact that he saw the words free buffet and went, ooh, Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Valhalla. So, seeing as though it's like 2am and it's just gone 2am, seeing as though it's like 2am, we're going to race through the episode and then just talk about all the nice people we've met because there was loads of them. So we open with Rain and a ruler, and a Vietnamese man is tailoring the final three. And then we also get a Diary of the Mole. It's finally the finale, and it was fun, and the mole enjoyed it. But I wonder who it is. And they get custom suits with their names embroidered in them. Completely embroidered. Nothing. There's nothing to tamper with on this embroidery. Just move along. Yeah. And we actually open the episode on day 18 in Ho Chi Minh City. And there is a typhoon that struck, and the final three are having noodles when they get greeted by Gilles at lunch. And he says that there are two must-dos that they've not done in Vietnam yet, so two of them can go do karaoke, and one of them can go get a massage. 
And it's funny, even when we were watching this, Michael, your first reaction was, what's the catch with the massage? Yeah, uh, I mean, Logan did specifically tell me not to talk when we were watching the finale, which obviously, me being me, I ignored. But I did turn to Logan and went, yeah, there's no way that massage is real. There's going to be a twist or a catch or something to it. There's definitely a twist in uh, Axel's arm. (laughs) And what do you know? I was right. (laughs) So it's a pretty easy division. Elizabeth immediately wants to sing, and Baz joins her, and Axel goes to get massaged. And they are taken to iconic Amazing Race location and star of last week's Amazing Race, Kingdom Karaoke. And if Axel lasts an hour on the table, he wins 500 euros for the pot. If not, they will take 500 euros from the pot. And then Baz and Elizabeth are taken to do their karaoke, and all they have to do is just keep singing. The issue with it, of course, is that they're not the ones who need to keep singing. Axel is. He doesn't know about it. They have to actually tell him. And on top of that, they can't exactly hear what is being sung in the massage parlour. So whoever's holding the microphone for Axel actually has to relay what it is, get him the right stuff, and give him proper timing to get 500 euros per song. Only if a Vietnamese jury, nearly said Vietnamese jury there, a Vietnamese jury votes both singers seven or higher. Is it from a scale of one to Reagan pipe? We've talked too much about Yori today, haven't we? (laughs) He was very fun. And it's Baz who has to go and break the news to Axel that maybe his massage isn't as good as he thought. And there are ten songs that it could potentially be, and there will be four that are actually sung. And Elizabeth gets to communicate the song via mime. The first one is Hit Me Baby One More Time. And if you've ever wanted to hear a 40-year-old pilot who we've previously described as both feckless and... Another F-word. Yeah, and a fuckboy. And and also just lethargic and every other sort of word you can think of on lines. If you've ever wanted to hear that sort of a character sing Britney Spears, you've come to the right show. I will never th- listen to Britney Spears the same way again. Granted, I never listened to her before. <laughs> and it's actually made more fun for us the fact that Axel was probably... He was up there, I think, probably one of the two nicest people we met today. He was so nice. <laughs> And so friendly. Actually, Elizabeth was up there as well, all three. Gentle giant. Yeah, he had a selfie with us, which you've probably already seen by now. And he was just really nice. Like, he was really happy for us to be there, I think. You can't say that for everyone. <laughs> he was the first person we interviewed, too. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'm probably going to put... Well, I will I will put him first in the interview series, because I'm going to do them in order. But yeah, he, he was just really nice and like really quite pleased for us that we were here. A lot of contestants were like that. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the final, pretty much, well, the entire final three was definitely like that. It kind of blew everyone's mind that you'd come from Canada. Arguably via a five-month trip, but you'd come from Canada to... I definitely took the to long way to get here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it kind of blew everyone's mind, and then when we were... Because, of course, we went to the after party, you know, ballers. We went to the after party and mingled with so many people in... The introduction was basically, do you know these guys do a podcast? And, like, he's from Canada. Canada. He's here for this. <laughs> this. <laughs> this thing where we're all just getting drunk at this after party. This little old show. Apparently there's an after after party. Yeah, we didn't get the wristband for that one, though. We only got the uh, the press and the VIP ones. We needed, like, a third one on Logan's arm to, uh, to be the VVIP one. <laughs> Maybe next year. And, um... Axel and Elizabeth doing the duet is obviously amazing. And the jury score Elizabeth to nine and Axel a six. And because averages to more than seven, they get the first 500 euros. 
And then the next song is a mess. It's Angels by Robbie Williams, but Axel sings like a prayer. Robbie Williams never took off in Canada. None of us know really who he is. He had like one hit song in Canada, and that was it. The Mr. DJ song. I can't even remember the title off. Rock, Rock DJ. Rock DJ, yes. That's the only Robbie Williams song that managed to make it big in Canada. Because I remember the music video for it back in 2001, 2002. Angels is arguably a much bigger song as well. It's like his most famous song. I've never heard of it. This Today was the first time I ever heard it. And you heard it twice. I heard it twice, yeah. Badly sung by Axel. <laughs> who, 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 yeah, it's like he was doing some sort of Madonna cover. I feel almost bad for teasing Axel again, as we have done all season, because we now know that he's really nice and really friendly and, you know, really kind to us. But he's still a fuckboy. Yeah, but he's still a fuckboy, yeah. <laughs> See, we're really running the risk now, because pretty much everyone in that room is now aware of our existence, and all probably going to be sending around the podcast, so... There's no anonymity. That's the word. After five drinks, Logan cannot say the word anonymity. It's not even just five drinks. It's five drinks and it's after two o'clock in the morning, Michael. Could you say anesthesiologist for me? Anesthesiologist. Damn it. Or can I say it the Alyssa Slater way from Amazing Race? If you must. Anesthesiologist. Bindles has already sent me the uh, the Rachel list for this week, by the way. It's um, ridiculous. So then, Baz and Elizabeth swap, and song three is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Baz can't sing, and let's be honest, neither can Axel. You know what song two should have been? It should have been song two by Blur. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how awesome that would have been? I don't know. They, they picked some good songs for Axel to have to sing. <laughs> like, we get Dancing Queen in a minute, and, like... Axel realised the ridiculousness, I think, of him being, let's be honest, manhandled by a little Vietnamese lady. It was like Jack Bauer from 24 just butchering his arm trying to, while he's trying to sing Dancing Queen. There were five and a half thousand people at the event we were at tonight. and there was 16 six, theatres. 16 screens. And everyone laughed at Axel in the final song and him just yelping, let's be honest, and just trying not to start giggling. I wonder what Sweden thinks about this. The best thing for me is that by the third song, the masseuse is already riding Axel. She is, like, literally lay on his back. And he's bareback. Yeah, did you not spot this? Yeah. Like, this was... She was straddling him. She was riding him like a donkey. I think after seeing Axel in the the phone hunt challenge the previous week, I think she really pushed how far she could get away with being on Axel. I think Axel just loves showing off, because we saw him in his pants this week. We basically saw him in his pants last week. He's just a a show-off, in addition to being a fuckboy. At least he backed up all of his fuckboyness in the finale. See, the, fu- the fun bit of this is the fact that Logan and I had like a half an hour walk back to my hotel from Kinepolis. Can I actually say it now? Kinepolis. Because I heard Jill say it now. Kinepolis. And we were discussing how we've really kind of stayed away from calling Axel a fuckboy all season, because it's kind of mean... And now we know him, and now we're kind of going all in on just calling him a fuckboy again. We, I actually brought this up earlier, but it's kind of funny that the last two contestants left standing is the fuckboy and the mother boy. Mother? Mother is proud I made the final three. She wants me to take home the 34,000 euros. 
And the yeah, the, cha- the challenge basically doesn't get any better for them. They they only end with five hundred euros for that, but they also get another five hundred euros for Axel withstanding the hour long massage. And then they sing us out with the most iconic mole song ever. Would I lie to you? Who even does that song? Oh god, I can't remember. <laughs> Let me check. Let me Google it. Live Googling happening now. Google at ten after two in the morning. This is gonna be fantastic. Fantastic radio. <laughs> Charles and Eddie, that's who did it. Who the fuck is Charles and Eddie? <laughs> They're an American soldier. Oh. But as I said to you after um Oh, as the second airing was happening for us. The first line of this song is, Look into my eyes, can't you see they're open wide? And they've made a big thing this season of looking the mole straight in the eyes. So that song was 100% picked deliberately. But then, after the first chorus, they all get messages from home. In other words, Michelle Pistenovan's worst nightmare. Getting punched in the face back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And the typhoon also means that everyone is basically confined to a hotel room for the next day. Yeah, they really didn't They didn't want to film this during the dry season, it looks like. Yeah. Are we interrupting you with the whole gummy bear eating, Logan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hungry, and I need water too. So the suits are delivered on day 19, and then everyone wears them, and they're taken by limousine to the final challenge in Vungtau. And on the way, a tablet is, dis- uh, a tablet is delivered. And they have to escape a building with three cases in it. Inside the cases are tubes. If a drone catches them for more than three seconds, the tube will explode, losing them the money. And inside the boot, there are two boxes of magnets. Or what they say is magnets, but actually in reality, if you know what challenge this is based on from Fort Bayard, they are vacuums, they are not magnets. And they have half an hour to get in and out of the building without being seen. So the first instructions is... The room with 500 euros in it, and the floor is lava. They have to also get past a drone which is patrolling the corridor. And this this room is basically just Ventus from uh, from Fort Bayard. So all they have to do is get into the room. Someone has to use the the suction cup thing to move across the wall. Clamps is a strong word. Suction cup things is a better one. They have to use that to move across the wall and swing the 500 euro tube down towards their mole, let's be honest. And hope she doesn't, she just is willing to catch it this time. Yeah, and if anyone or anything touches the floor, the tube explodes. And if it had exploded in Elizabeth's hands, it would have been even funnier. What's all of this in my hands? And Baz is volunteered to try and walk the walls, and he has to swing the tube to Elizabeth. He's standing on a small platform on the floor. She catches it, and they have 17 minutes left. She was trying to alleviate any suspicion off of herself to hopefully snag somebody right at the end. So the next tube is worth a thousand euros, and Baz has to crouch on the way there as he's very nearly in the sights of a drone. And he pushes Elizabeth's ass out of the way, which made everyone laugh in the screening. Oh, Baz, yeah, Baz, yeah. That was a bit, that was a bit gropey on his part. Was it? Do you think it was intentional or unintentional? Unintentional. But the best thing about it is the fact that it was just a sorry. <laughs> That's what made me laugh. Rather than him kind of shoving her ass, it was uh, the sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to. Totally slipped. <laughs> so the next room is protected by a laser field, and they have five seconds to get in and get out with the tube. Otherwise, it explodes in their hands. Spoilers: it explodes in their hands. And it's Baz and Axel who are volunteered to run in, but it explodes, and Axel gets the first of two paint cannons to the face. I think Elizabeth was hesitant to run in with Baz after what just happened. 
Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to be left alone with him. <laughs> Mother said it was all right. <laughs> it was only five seconds. It was a lot of things were happening. I can do a lot in five seconds. And the final tube is at the other end of the building, and they have ten minutes left to get there. But first, we have the best noise of the episode, with Baz going, wah, wah, and oh god, my voice is really bad now, wah, wah. He's basically channeling his inner baby Mario. <laughs> Versus Yoshi, who would be Yoshi in this scenario? Well, the closest we have is um, is the Vietnamese messers being, uh, being Mario, and Axel being uh, Yoshi. Yeah. Maybe it's a role reversal. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's for for it's 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 uh, her turn for Axel to ride her back. And the last tube is protected by a web of wires, and this is another four by yard game. This is a little who's formerly known as Top Ca- uh, Top Cappy. Um, someone has to get there and back to win the fifteen hundred euros, and it's Axel and Elizabeth who are attempting that one with six minutes left. And it ends badly. Once again, Elizabeth did not do this challenge with Boss. No. <laughs> she basic Axel basically gets sprayed in the face with a hose of paint. And he told us afterwards that it was disgusting. Yeah, apparently it's not doesn't leave a good aftertaste in your mouth. Him and Ruth can go to the same counselor. You know what it does though? Thirty-four thousand euros. Thirty-four thousand euro mouthwash? Yeah. So with 30 seconds left, Baz still has to escape with the 500 euro tube and the special effects galore. This is such a such a fun ending to a challenge because I think they kind of go around the corner and go, oh my god, there's fire. Oh my god, we're running through the fire. There's explosions. What the hell? It's just an insane ending to the the challenges of the season. Especially how the fire like how the fire goes off just as they're running through like they're freaking action heroes in a TV show. Oh yeah, it's deliberately set up like that, and Axel kept comparing it to James Bond. It's more Pulp Fiction, but I was waiting for the whole building itself to just explode too as they left. Yeah, and they have to do like some sort of dive out of the building. Something tells me that Belgian Mall does not have that budget, as much as they would love to. I don't know. It doesn't take that much dong to blow up a building. I'll trust your judgment there. <laughs> Just a couple million dong, and I'm sure that'll be enough. I mean, they can just build another empty warehouse filled with drones. And I, I have to say, they were not drones. They were quadcopters. There's a difference. Oh, pardon me. Going all technical on us. I wanted to to corner Jill and just say, please stop saying the word drone. It's not a drone. It's a quadcopter. Because there's four fans. That's what a quadcopter is. Basically a drone with four fans. But yeah, they end this challenge with 500 euros of a possible 3,000. There's 1,500 euros of a possible 5,500 for the episode, and 34,050 euros in the pot out of a possible 86,900. Who controlled the drones, you think? I'm not sure, because in theory they kind of have to be on a set timer. But also, didn't they start getting chased? <laughs> yeah, and they would. I'd assume whoever's controlling the drones would know roughly where the contestants would be. Would they really be that much in the dark as to the route of where the challenges are in the warehouse? I'm not sure, because they were, they were kind of a bit opaque about who was controlling the drones. I'd like to think they were on a schedule, but probably not. Probably just whatever they felt like to make the challenge more interesting. Yeah. And then Jill greets them for dinner. And he asks about their experience, and then asks the same question that he asked at the start of the season. He asks them individually, what did your screen say? 
and they all say maybe. Which makes this entire question utterly pointless, because we know two of them are lying. And that for once, only the mole told the truth. Yeah, I mean, why don't they all just be honest? Then we would know, everyone would know who the mole is. They probably would have had to refilm it if that happened. It's just like, yeah, gu- yeah, guys, we know you're telling the truth, but please just all say maybe. It's, it's just better story-wise. We all know you're aware of who the mole could be. <laughs> we didn't actually find out from what point everyone was on Elizabeth as well. We found we know the final four all were, obviously, but we didn't speak to Cat. I don't think Cat was. Yeah, I'm interested to see at what point the cutoff was of everyone knowing who the mole was. Baseball Jills was saying that. Is it is this Mole Jill or, or normal Jill or DeCosta? Host DeCosta. Uh, yeah, DeCosta. We the the thing is we just know so many Jill right now that we kind of have to be exact about which Jill we're talking about. So, so Mr. DeCosta said that like he said at least half the cast at the reunion was absolutely stunned that it was Elizabeth. Which is great for them because they get to like half of the season and go, oh my god, how have these people not spotted it yet? It's just nuts. But we'll see that next week. And I assume Kat probably didn't expect, uh, suspect Elizabeth, because yeah. Boss didn't mention it, Axel didn't mention it, Yori didn't mention it either. I think it was just the final four who were probably on to yeah. officially, and going like, bubbles deep on, on it being Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a whole scene of everyone's suspicions, but we don't speak Flemish, so I've not got any notes of that bit. It's just day 20 appears in Vungtau, and everyone's by the sea uh, revising. Staring out to the sea, reflecting on their experience. And Boss, apparently, was very up in the the air and indecisive about who he suspected as being the mole. Two hours before, he said. Yeah, I think in the car ride on the way there, he was like, oh my god, it might be Axel. Holy shit, I might be completely wrong, and I might have revised with the wrong person here. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because he, he didn't even... That was actually the finale, is the first quiz where he went full-on for Elizabeth, he said, too. Because Final Four, he had exemption, and Final Five, he was still going uh, split ticket. So the final quiz was like, he was... And that's crazy, like, final quiz, and he doesn't even know for sure if he's going to go for Axel or for Elizabeth. That's just nuts, it really is. Because he said Final Five, he split between the two of them still? Yeah. And Axel says he just wants to win for the sake of winning. The money doesn't matter. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> we love you, Axel, but we were discussing on the way back. It's not exactly the most blue-collar of Final Threes. <laughs> yeah, we have a headhunter, a doctor, and a pilot. Yeah. I think they're all doing very well financially. Yeah, fairly well for themselves. So it is time for the final test, and we finally catch up with Zeal from the premiere. 30 questions on the identity and actions of them all. Whoever knows most wins 34,050 euros. Which is more than three times as much as what was offered in V is the Mole this year. It is. And everyone lists the reasons why each other could be the Mole. You know, vague intrigue. None of them actually believed it was anyone else other than Elizabeth, apart from me. And the room is dark. There is a winner, a loser, and a Mole officially. And the light goes on, and the press room went, What? It What? It's Axel? Axel wins? Yeah, because, I, I mean, it was great for us, because it then officially means that one of us is right, one of us is wrong, for the final two people to re- be revealed. But 
I think the collective gasp in the press room when Axel was revealed was one of my favourite bits of the entire day, because it was just like, holy shit, he won. Everyone was just expecting him to lose. Me included, and you included. Yeah, and there wasn't that many people in the press room either. There was, we should, how many people were in the press room, Michael? Like About 30, 30 30-ish, I think it was five rows of six. And that's including, like, um, DaCosta and... uh, And Lise was there, yeah, and all the other, like, crew and everything. So the actual press who didn't genuinely know who it was, like, us two, was probably only, like, 15 to 20 of us. Yeah. And the great thing for us is that we had Lise right behind us, and then DaCosta was right behind us as well. I could see him in my eyeline as, like, the reveal was happening. And he laughed so hard when when Elizabeth came through that door, and I just went, fuck! <laughs> because, I mean, we've, we've jokingly said for weeks that Gilles was going to seek us out at the finale, but he kind of did. He, he deliberately walks over and was like, hi guys! I was like, oh my god, it's Gilles DaCosta. He actually knows who we are. What the hell? Yeah, that was like, because I've been to a couple of the Amazing Race uh, finales now in the Survivor finale, and, you know, having Jill's, like, it's a bit different when it's just random American people yeah. from TV shows. The fact that you're in, that we're in another, or I guess for me, another continent. I don't even speak the, the, the we don't even share the same first language. And, you know, they're putting on such a grand production scale and giving us all this treatment that we've never had at any of the other finale events for any other show. Yeah, I mean, I'll get into this fairly soon, but just thank yous have to go out to everyone who's involved in us having this crazy opportunity, because, I mean, Logan will attest that we were... I was sat there, we hadn't even, like, acknowledged Jill's existence in the room yet, and I was, like, shaking, because I was that giddy to just be there. And... I had a pretty shit journey to Antwerp this morning, or yesterday morning as it is now. God, it's early. Um, I had two trains cancelled, I was very stressed, and like I just completely forgot about it as soon as we were in that room with really quite really quite like sound and cool people. And just people who were like, oh my god, you guys have come all the way from different countries for this. And like... It it's just a, a lot of people talk about mole contestants being a family and all that sort of stuff, but it really felt like we were part of the mole family today. I think for me, for the most part, there were some exceptions and interactions where it felt like, yeah, we're still on the outside quite a bit, yeah, and then other interactions where it's like, okay, we are welcomed into it. Yeah, there were certain people who were very friendly with us. I mean, I'm sure we're going to list them fairly soon, but. Um, the, there's one particular person I'm thinking of who you're probably thinking of the same person who I'm pretty sure will be asking for our emails fairly soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know you know who I'm thinking of. So, Axel is the winner, and he goes away with about 903 million dong. Or about 50 Canadian cents. And then Jill says that it is time to look the mole in the eyes... And Mr. Saunders is now giving me a very smug look. I'm looking away from him, as it's Elizabeth. What number draft pick was she for me? One. Number one. Week one. Moment one. I suspected her right from day one. And the worst thing for me is that eating humble Logan's least favorite food pie. I did say at the time, like, why did you pick Elizabeth first? It's not her. So, yeah. 
that's not my finest hour. At least each week I made very strong argument, arguments for all the ways she was putting herself to sabotage it that a lot of people didn't pick up on, especially those amongst the contestants. They were even asking me, like, how did you even figure out it was Elizabeth? Because she was the one person that the contestants ruled out for the first she three was so, episodes. She was so nice and just kind of stepped into the background and meddled, mm-hmm. for want of a better term. She just meddled. And she seems very relieved to finally be able to tell everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time that to hold on to that secret. That'd be stressful. Yeah. To not be able to slip up and say, oh, this I was the mole. But the even better thing for her is that she literally told her husband at the time, yeah, I'm the mole. Believe me, I'm the mole. <laughs> and he didn't... Yeah. That reverse psychology, it's always great when that comes into effect. That's a facepalm moment where you go, oh my god, I should have just picked up on that clue by now. How did I not actually pick up on that clue? Because Peter did a very similar thing. She's, yeah, it's, I mean, the extra clue was pushing her husband down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, he did have a broken ankle. We did have to ask whether that was the one final sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> that was for the delayed flight. Yeah. <laughs> And then Baz comes out of the temple, and he's happy for everyone, and Mother would be so proud. Mother didn't expect me to make final three. I'll definitely be able to move into my own room. I'm so acutely aware of the fact that so many mole people are going to listen to this and probably send Baz pictures of Buster Blaith. Do you think Arrested Development was a, is a big deal in Belgium? No. Not at all. I think that that reference is going to go so far over people's heads. <laughs> Mother didn't think I could sing karaoke, but I was able to sing ABBA 9 out of 10. Mother is a dancing queen. <laughs> she looks like she's only 17. So we get a final diary of the mole, which then fades into Elizabeth's confessional at the sea at Vungtau. And then her label is revealed in her suit as revealing her as the mole. You just had to take the label off. There was even a hint of it when everyone was looking at their names and then um, mole finalist 2019. There was a hint that that was going to be a clue and nobody actually did it. Yeah, Boss went, over after, went after the wrong body part to unveil that clue. I think Axel had a, um, had a grope of her during the... Um, oh, during the ropes? Yeah, during the the I want to say laser object, it wasn't, but it's the um, the red alert one. Yeah. Yeah, going through the ropes, where he's like, "Oh, do you need a hand?" And Elizabeth's like, no. "I'm around two dudes for this final episode. No more hands, please." The only way this could be worse is if there was two women with me. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to keep their hands off of me. Cat, Ava. And then we get the usual end of season montage of everyone. Of Martin getting sprayed in the face with the paint bomb and Yuri face planting the pool and all the fun stuff from this season. And and Lloyd streaking. Yeah, and and, and weirdly a picture of Lloyd as Red Riding Hood. Naked Red Riding Hood. So now I th- I think it's time we just discuss the whole finale experience. We're already half an it's two thirty in the morning. Yeah. We have actually only recorded for 35 minutes over. I am so tired. So am I. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, stressful journey getting here. I was meant to get into Antwerp for quarter past 10. I got into Antwerp at quarter past 12. Met Logan at the hotel when he was doing some sort of Instagram live, I think. 
Some of us got here yesterday into Antwerp just in case malfunction with trains happened, Michael. Yes, I know. And my tra- my plane was delayed yesterday as well by about 45 minutes. So, yeah, we walked over to Kinepolis, accidentally walked into the VIP area twice. But we got a great picture with the, uh, the mall logo as a result. <laughs> yeah, it would have been impossible to do that at night. Yeah, and then um, eventually actually bothered asking someone where the press screening was going to be and had to go 50 miles around the corner. And then got introduced as being the only people who wouldn't be speaking uh, speaking Flemish. They're probably like, oh, do they speak French then? No? German? Spanish? Nope. And then, yeah, we, we started speaking to everyone, I guess, and it was... A really fun experience, but it's more the after party that I kind of want to speak about, because Logan promised me he wouldn't drink, and then there was an open bar. Free open bar? Just like the free buffet with all the sandwiches. Yeah, so obviously I knew that Logan was going to be drinking and had to be the responsible adult and basically murder him. But the sheer amount of people that we met is insane. I know you said before we started recording that we met about 90% of people in the last hour of our our stay there, but just the amount of rando people, because we were just stood there and it was like, oh, that's so-and-so from Argentina. Oh, how is that pairing happening? How are Thibaut and, uh, and Bruno speaking? Bruno 1.0 or Bruno 2.0? Bruno 2.0. But it's like such weird combinations that you wouldn't have expected. Maybe Tebold has a nephew who... Uh started attacking Bruno 2.0 at a karate lesson. Maybe. But then after a little bit of Flemish courage, thanks to the sponsors, and the beers, and the wines, and the gin and tonic, you ended up getting a selfie with Davey. And Davey's the one I specifically want to speak about, because Davey's awesome. I feel like me and, like, probably the most overlap in terms of personality I have with any of the contestants would probably be somebody like Davey. Yeah, Davey was the coolest person we met, I think. Because he, he was like, oh my god, you're from Canada? What the hell? Have you been on uh, Café du Mall? Do you want to come on Café du Mall? I can make it happen. And like, after 45 minutes of circling around Molesiel, trying to not look too awkward and then asking for a selfie, he Davey just ended up calling him over and being like, these guys really you need to talk to them now. Yeah, because I was circling around Argentina Jills for a while. I'm like, this is, Ar- this is like the original mole. And the best thing about this is, we can't even remember who it was, but someone cock-blocked you. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but so, like I was about to talk to Jills, and then somebody... Co- was it Bertrand? No, it was... Um, might be an Isabel, actually. Isabel? Yeah, someone walked right between Logan and, uh, and Molesiel, anyway. It was very funny for me, as an observer. Because L- Logan just kind of looked really dejected. <laughs> I guess I'll go talk to T-Bold. <laughs> Actually, he's the one guy we didn't talk to. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, off the top of our head, like, like Logan went missing for ten minutes because I I went out to, outside to get a bit of fresh air, and Logan went missing for ten minutes, and no word of a lie, the party was quiet, and all I heard was Logan's laugh, and I'm like, he's here somewhere. Where is he? He's nearby, and I found him next to Sam from the South Africa season, just chatting away. Yeah, you just had to leave the room, and then I had a bit more gin and tonic. I'm like. I'm good to start approaching people now. I think I just jumped in, too. All it took was me to walk away and you to not have someone awkward to to deal with. And then you just 
had to deal with not being or had to deal with being alone there so we're like yeah i need to actually talk to people now you know who i'm really pissed wasn't there booba <laughs> Maybe he had homework because he is like seven. <laughs> it was this. It was. It was like midnight at that point. It was probably way past his bedtime. Yeah, it's past his curfew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was. Re- I was ready for you to be like, "Oh, Booba wasn't there. Booba's my favorite." It's like, yeah, but don't be ungrateful. We met Jill, Mole Jill. This is. We didn't talk. Oh yeah. So the only two people there who I didn't think we. Who I think we didn't talk to was... Did we speak to Aline? I don't think we did, or I didn't, at least. I can't remember. So many that, like, Aline and uh, Joker and... Who else? Mars? Mazina. Yeah. They all look so similar to me. We obviously spoke to Joker. Yeah, all three of them just look so similar to me. Yeah, but Aline, I don't think we spoke to. I don't think we spoke to... Well, we didn't speak to Mazina. Oh, did we? There's two people who looked a lot like Martine. Yeah. That threw me off. We we spoke to Isabel, and we didn't speak to Marcena, even though they look identical. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much every mole contestant you can think of, we spoke to in some capacity. I think Booba was like the only contestant who probably wasn't there from the four seasons. Was Steve there from last year? No. Didn't he pass away from old age? If Steve was there, I would have made a beeline for him, because he was my favourite last year. But I mean... Obviously, Davey is so cool. Yoko is so cool. Even Jeffrey. Like, we haven't talked about Jeffrey yet, but we were quite mean to Jeffrey last year. Me especially. And I feel a bit bad about it now, given that he was really cool when we spoke to him. And very, very receptive to our jokes. I think I made like two suitcase jokes, or briefcase jokes at his expense. Yeah, at least. It was it was three or four, actually, but yeah. Um, who else? Well, Axel... Is obviously really cool, as we said. Elizabeth is really cool, as we said. I mean, we were we were walking past to um, to go speak to someone, and she just kind of cornered us and was like, "Oh, it's really nice that you guys were here. I'm so glad you could come." And she was just really sweet for someone who, let's be honest, deceived us for for nine weeks now. She was just really cool, really sweet, and you know, I can see us easily being friends with her. That's the thing, there weren't, I, there was like one or two people who I'm like, eh, I don't think they're actually going to entertain the thought of our existence again. I think, yeah, only two contestants that I ran into, I'm like, eh, they didn't seem too receptive to a Canadian and a British guy invading. Yeah, but pretty much everyone was really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Even the one or two people who I'm alluding to, one of them still got a picture with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, I, I think that person was just more more busy than anything and using it to catch up with people from other seasons that maybe they haven't seen. That's the thing. That's why at the start, like even like during when we were still at the private screen, when the final three and then the rest of the cast came in, they were all eating together and stuff before the public screening. And it's like, yeah, this is probably the, I know with like the amazing race finales, that's typically the last time everyone gets to see each other from a specific season before they all split off forever and only like some of them go to future finales together but we missed a perfect opportunity ingrid was sat on her own eating at a sofa and we didn't do it we didn't go for the biscuits that were in my bag that i smuggled out of manchester airport yesterday saturday i deliberately smuggled some biscuits and we didn't bite the bullet and ask her to get a picture with us 
holding biscuits, and we should have done, and it's a missed opportunity. There was opportunities. There's a few. Yeah, we missed the opportunity, but like no regrets. This was such a fun day for us. I genuinely have... I still can't quite fathom it. Honestly, it's, I'm going to sleep on it and be like, what on earth was that day yesterday? And I know I am. Probably the longest amount of time I've ever spent in one building. Yeah, well... To watch the two same two episodes, or same episode twice yeah. of yeah, a TV we, show. We were there... What time did we get there? We got there... Two. Half one we... Well, half one we were at uh, Kinepolis, weren't we? Um, yeah, so half one we were at Kinepolis, and we we left there at... God knows what time. One in the morning? Yeah, it was about one in the morning. <laughs> Twelve hours. Because I actually forgot my room number at this uh, at this hotel, which was super awkward, because I did try my key in a couple of doors. I forgot my room number in the... For some reason, I remembered your room number. I'm like, isn't it 112? Don't give everything away, Logan. <laughs> By the time this comes up, you'll already be checked out. True. I'll already be home. But, um, yeah, the... Like, I was at the front desk and asking them to, to give me my room number, and they said, oh, you've been out for 12 hours. I'm like, oh, my God, we've been out for 12 hours. What the hell? What even tracks when you checked uh, checked in? Well, no, because I was discussing it with them. I'm like, oh, my God, we've been out for 12 hours. Because we, we left the hotel at, like, uh, about just after, just before 1 o'clock, wasn't it? About 1 o'clock. Yeah, definitely before, yeah, bit before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So some of the people there, like Lise... Must have put in a really long day there. Oh yeah, that's a really long day for her. Like a really, really long day. And there's some of them were probably there late morning. Twelve forty-five we left. We were there one twenty-two p.m. to twelve forty-five a.m. Thanks, Google. You creepy. That was a long yeah. Because I was thinking that felt like a long day there. Yeah, it was. It was a really long day. But was it worth it? That's that's the question. Ask me tomorrow, or ask me later this morning when I check out. And actually, tomorrow is actually gonna be even longer than today because I fly to Barcelona at nine thirty at night from here, and I'm probably not gonna get to my uh, Airbnb until about one in the morning, and then I have to teach by nine or ten in the morning. Yay! <laughs> oh. Oh, there's a, there's a Saunders yawn. I still have to walk an hour back to my hostel. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if there's... Well, we, we've talked about the Belgian newspaper, which is insane. We haven't talked about the fact that we have four different sets of photos with Jill. <laughs> including the one that's going to be in the Belgian paper. Do you think he was annoyed by all the photos? No. No, I think he... Well, we warned him last year that we were very eager. <laughs> I believe my exact quote to him was, you'll hear me before you see me. Actually, probably should give a shout-out to Jill. Hopefully he's doing well today. Yeah. Um, are we allowed, I guess, I mean, he published it on Twitter, right? Yeah. yeah, well, he. yeah, Jill had some bad news, like, right before the finale was about to air. The public finale, right? Because yeah. we did the yeah. private screening at... 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, and then the public finale was at 8 o'clock. He got some bad news about, about an hour before the public finale, I think it was. And, like, you couldn't tell. I mean, I, I knew because I'd seen it on Twitter, but you couldn't tell. And obviously he's best friend of the podcast, so we feel really bad about it. And the fact that he still turned up and put on a show and nobody really knew. I mean, I, I knew, but Logan didn't until I, I mentioned it to him earlier. The fact that nobody knew is a testament to 
him, basically. And I said this to him as he was on his way out, because I deliberately cornered him, sort of suspecting he was going to be leaving soon. I just said, thank you so much for today, because this is amazing. An amazing, amazing day for, for us to be a part of. And it's an absolute privilege for us to have been here. I feel very soppy for saying that, but yeah. I'm very, very thankful to, to Jill. And I mean, we were talking to Lise from SBS as we were waiting for the episode to air, and she was like, yeah, Jill, Jill said to me that um, that it'll be worth putting you guys in the press corps. And, and I said it was a good idea as well. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much for this because it was such a wonderful surprise on Tuesday. And it's, it's honestly something that I'm not going to forget for a while. Just think forever. next year we get to act really, really entitled. Be like, do you know yeah, who we are? Bitches, we've done this before. Yeah, this is this ain't our first rodeo. I was going to save this for uh, for us inevitably discussing are we doing next season, but obviously we're doing next season. This is the best show on TV. But I mean, Gilles did say to me on the way out, as long as you keep covering the show, I'll keep inviting you to these events. So see you next year, Antwerp. And because I've done two amazing race finales and one Survivor finale. This event today is way more access than I was granted at any of those events. And especially because it's a bit different too with Amazing Race because the network doesn't have any presence there. There's no like, there's no multiple screenings happening at the same time simultaneously. And there's no CBS involvement for Amazing Race finales for like 10 years now. The mole is the only one that, you know, 16 theaters showing it and, um, you know the host is super involved with it. Like the hope, like Phil Kogan for Amazing Race, he's rarely there for the finale events. I know the past two events he wasn't even there for, and the creators rarely show up either. Yeah, this was by far the most involved and most amount of access we've had for a finale for a TV show where we don't even speak their language. I have also just realized that we can do an exclusive because what you guys don't know is that obviously we had the press screening and everything and then there was the, the live airing in um, in Kinepolis. And there were clues hidden in Kinepolis because they obviously put on a massive light. They take over the basically the entire cinema. They made it very Vietnamese themed. There was like loads of bamboo and arches and stuff. And, you know, I broke a bamboo chair, but we, we don't need to get into that. Ingrid broke a tree. Yeah, we haven't talked about that either. I alluded to it on the um, the Diary of a Mole finale podcast, but yeah, Ingrid did break a tree in the press room and I broke a chair in the press room. Um, we'll get on, get into that in a minute. But there were like arches and stuff with lanterns hanging and it was really, really cool. But they were using these as clues. That's the thing. That was the ending that I'm not sure whether you realised, but there were four sets of clues, I think it was, hidden in there. Uh, in Kinepolis, because we had a flickering light that was the um, the Morse code for um, for the the year of the ox, which is of course Elizabeth's uh, zodiac sign. We had music that was playing in in the lobby, which was DJ Snake, uh, Jackson Five, and Pink. Pink, of course, alluding to the colour of her mole book. DJ Snake alluding to the animal that she was stuck in the room with. And then the Jackson 5 was... I think it was My- Michael is My Lover was the song. Which, of course, her husband's called Mikhail. The lanterns on the gate at the front, which I'm not sure whether you saw, were all pink. 
um, alluding to her Marlboro colour again. And then the number plates of the cars that the final three turned up in, Elizabeth's was the numerals for Mole, M-O-L, Axel's was the numerals for Win, and Baz's was the numerals for Derda, or Third. This show is insane. But yeah, Logan was just having kind of Logan was just having many, many sandwiches from the buffet in the press room, and we just heard an almighty bang, and Ingrid started knocking trees over, as Ingrid does. And as I said to Logan, Ingrid. as I said to Logan at the time, it's basically peak Ingrid. There's no more Ingrid thing than Ingrid knocking over trees and making a klutz of herself. And it was wonderful. And then, yeah, I broke a chair, but we don't need to talk about that. That wasn't my weight. That was a broken chair already. Elizabeth was having trouble with it, apparently. I found out afterwards. <laughs> Not my fault. So, have you got anything else you want to say before I let you go back to your hostel and actually sleep, given it is 11 minutes to three? Can I just crash here? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Despite the fact there is a spare bed right next to me, no. Oh, this show is insane. We'll be back for the reunion next week. So, thank you for listening to this Belgian Mall podcast. You can join us next week to recap basically the entire season and any stories that we think about in the next week that we've forgotten to tell. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own pages, MJ Armstrong for me, and Lux of Quacker for Logan. See you next week. Success. Pass Dragon. Rice Jelling. Good night, my best friend. And- <laughs> Peace out. And just chill till the next half flavoring. Oh, there's no more. Oh, yeah, there's one more flavoring. Yeah, one more. One more for the year. And then we can retire the Belgian Mole stuff for a year until we go back to the finale next year. Awesome. Ingrid can eat her biscuits in peace. Yeah. Or pieces. You biscuit muncher. <laughs>